Yo, みなさん、マンガスンセイポッドキャストへようこそ。Hey, everybody, and welcome back to the Manga Sensei Podcast. I'm your host, John Sensei, and today, like every day, I'm breaking down the world's best language. And today, I'm talking to one of the movers and shakers in the Japanese community. She is a world renowned, I don't know, you're world renowned a lot of things. You, you are a writer, you, are going, you are, have been on television, you conduct the Um, Japanese Food Society in New York. You are a podcaster. What don't you do? It might be a better question. <laughs> I'm blushing. I don't know. It's some word, whatever. But,、uh, <laughs> so, but thank you. You might do a better job, Akiko. Why don't you tell the,、uh, the audience who you are?、Um, I am a, a writer, specialized in food and beverage.、Uh, I've been covering. Um, New York City and American、uh, food scenes, and as well as、um, I am a, a podcast and radio show host and producer at the Heritage Radio Network, which is based in New York. And、um, I、uh, write for、uh, Forbes magazine, other English publications,、um, actually, Forbes.com, that's the online version. And、right. I do consulting for.、Uh, The Japanese government and the Japanese food business industry,、uh, all about eating and drinking. Which is a huge part of culture in of itself. Akiko is an amazing writer, a fantastic podcaster. This is one of the few of the podcasts that I have on my personal podcast list. Like, I will openly tell you my podcast list I have Japan History, I have Tokyo Podcast, I have your podcast, Japan Eats, and then I also have. Um, um, Tim Ferriss podcast and、um, a Japanese podcast about startups in Japanese that I really like listening to.、Mm, thank you. So, yeah, I forgot to say my、uh, podcast and radio show is called the Japanese. <laughs> thank you for saying that. <laughs> of course, of course. And if you haven't checked it out yet, everything we talk about here, as well as her podcast and all of her links, will be put down below in the show notes. So, if you want to go check her out and all the wonderful things she's doing, in fact, some of the fun things that she'll be doing here soon as well will also be listed there. So, you can connect with her. She's fantastic, and I'm sure you're going to enjoy this interview. But to start off, I do have to ask you an important question Why food? Um, because it's the, I think,、uh, the biggest、uh, common denominator for among human society, like everybody, even animals. <laughs> so, if you talk about food, everybody's eyes start, start to sparkle and you make friends.、Mm -hmm. So, I think that's,、um, that's the reason. I mean, it's interesting. And it's one of those, I think it's one of those things as well that not only brings people together and makes their eyes sparkle, but it's also comforting. Everyone likes food. There's nothing controversial that much about food. And it's really just something that there's no bad part about food that I can really think of unless you eat too much of it.、Mm, that could happen often. But, <laughs>、um, <laughs> but also, I think we have to you know, eat every day. Everybody is every day. And、mm -hmm. that's why it's always、uh, the center of、uh, culture in any society, I think.、Mm -hmm. I agree. You know, I actually learned something the other day. I was watching、um, some kind of documentary, I believe, and、um, it was Alton Brown、um, made a comment, and it really surprised me. He told me a statistic.、Um, he said after 9 11, Um, in the United States, New York, they had、um, the biggest boom in 
on the food channel because after that terrible thing happened, no one wanted to watch the news. No one wanted to watch, you know, the political stuff. No one wanted to watch football. What they wanted was something simple and good and happy. And what could be better, good and happy than food? Right. Interesting. Because I still remember right after, you know, 9-11, all those expensive restaurants are gone. Then mm-hmm. what came out really popular was very comforting, you know, interior. Owners are really friendly and the food is to be shared. And everything changed after 9-11 in that sense for the better. So it's more sharing. It's more comforting, like you said. So... Yeah, you're right. Very um, important part to make your life happier, more relaxing, and uh, physically make your energy too. Yeah, I agree. And I th- it's it's something that a lot of people, when they I talk to people about going to Japan and learning Japanese, since this is a kind of a Japanese focused podcast, they they always ask me what you know. When you go to Japan, the first thing you learn is you learn how to introduce yourself and then you learn your favorite things and you learn your favorite food. And of course, when you first go to Japan, you don't know what your favorite foods are. Heck, you don't know what any of the foods are outside of sushi and maybe like, I don't know. I think some people know chicken katsu or something. <laughs> right, or ramen, of course. Ramen, ramen, of course. But the ramen they've had is kapo ramen, which, which really shouldn't count. <laughs> yeah, that's more like, uh, yeah. That's, that's not, I mean, maybe, but you know, well, that could be <laughs> depending on it's who true. you are, know, yeah. Right. So if, if someone listening right now is thinking about get, they're just starting to kind of get adventurous with their food or they want to get more into Japanese food, where do you recommend they start? I mean, they have the, this whole world they really haven't explored yet. And if they wanted to start in this, where would they go? Um, well, that's an interesting question, right? Everybody knows this right now, but. I heard right. after World War II, everybody was scared of eating raw fish. So mm. I would, if you just land in Japan, like or Tokyo or Osaka, anywhere, you just go to a right. convenience store because even 7-Eleven in Japan, yeah. they are a treasure box. It's really sandwiches oh gosh, to bento. It's everything so high quality. And you can get any of those things uh, from, I don't know, a dollar to five dollars and you really have a good meal. So you can you can see the food and you can taste anything you want at the lower cost. And then that's the beginning of the adventure. Oh, yeah. I remember when I first found some of the treasures at the convenience store, the convenience, I think it was Family Mart, and I found chocolate chip melon pan. (laughs) I missed that. I missed that. Oh, it's so good. Mm. Yeah, the other thing is that, you know, bakeries. So, yeah, yeah, if you're still scared of playing, reading Japanese traditional food, if you go to bakery, people say that's better than even Europe. And they have their own Japanese version of the pastries. And Japanese mm-hmm. bread is fluffier and uh, kind of flavored, sweeter. So maybe that's oh, another yeah. way to go. Yeah, I think that's really, I think particularly for like a, maybe a American or even my Australian audience, it's kind of easy to go from, you know, breads to trying Japanese bread. Try the... Uh, uh, the, the sandwiches try the uh their croissants try their little things that are covered in wonderful glorious drizzly 
wonderfulness. It's uh, oh man, I'm, I'm this is going to be the hungriest I have ever been while recording a podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, that's funny because I, I, first thing I do when I land in Japan, I have a p- big taste memory of Japanese, uh, you know, ampan. It's a, uh, you know, stuffed, uh, you know, yeah, red re- bean. Yeah, just bread, fluffy Japanese style bread. And uh, I like the Yamazaki brand for some reason. And that's uh-huh. the first thing I just go straight to the convenience store. I get it. And at the hotel room, I, I bite into it. I'm back uh. home. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. The first thing I usually get off the plane, honestly, the last time I went to Japan last year, the first thing that I did when I went into the country is I walked into the convenience store. I got myself some momosui and I also bought myself an onigiri, just Mm. just a tsunamayo. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, by the way, you know, the wrapping of onigiri and convenience store. I had this one guy who developed, you know, separating rice and nori seaweed. So that uh-huh. nori doesn't get wet and sticky. So he yeah. got the patent, and it's every time someone eats it, he's just like making money, even the cent or something. It really smokes. <laughs> so, yeah, that's uh, that guy is probably the world's smartest guy because it's true. You tear, like you have to like tear the package along a line, and then it like pulls it out, and then the the nori, the seaweed, uh, touches the rice for the first time, and it's mm-hmm. just wonderful. Yeah, and I, I really think that that's the really symbolic invention of Japanese mindset. Once you think, wow, there's something I want to improve, think of it, right? (laughs) It's pretty, um, um, I think it's a pretty um, complicated process. They Mm. made it as a product easy to operate, but who would come up? I'm sure there are a thousand trials and errors to come up with that product. Oh yeah. And I think that's really the, the the course of it is Japanese are really good at taking things, improving upon them, and not only taking that but definitely somehow it just becomes more Japanese when it gets taken into that country and gets adopted into into Japan. Japan doesn't just take things and adopt it. Japan takes things and absorbs them. Mm. So, I think in the, for the better or worse it's an obsession. So that's the nature of Japanese personality, <laughs> I think. <laughs> And I think that's actually a perfect segue to talk, talking a little bit about the person, the personality of, of food as it comes not only from, from west to east, but also from east to west as it comes into the United States. Um, you're, you're famous for logging in the food scene, especially in New York, and for being really on top of that ball there. But um, are, what are, what are people, what's the, uh, if I were to kind of jump on the front edge of the Japanese food scene, where would I find myself right now? In America. You mean? Yes. Um, well, I think, uh, well, the United States is just the United States means, I think, depending on where you go, you see different things. But um, beyond sushi and ramen, in New York City, I think expensive kaiseki restaurants are thriving, Um, like check coverage, $250 or something like that. I'm not saying it's for everybody, but there is a um, group of diners who can appreciate the delicacy of classic Kaiseki cuisine. And also, mm-hmm. you know, if you go to Kyoto, I'm sure a lot of people already experienced Kyoto Kaiseki cuisine. So right. they want to find the same thing. So it's really uh, the result of global um, movement. Everybody troubles, everybody can find information over the internet. So I think yeah. it's exciting, although I wish uh, prices are a little lower. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, you know, I've I, I remember when I had Kaiseki for the first time, and just it's it's amazing not only the attention to detail because I think that's what a lot of people touch on for like the first time they try Kaiseki because there's I mean everything's in season, everything ha- is sourced from a particular place, and those every little part has been thought of when it comes to Kaiseki, right? Mm. Um. But the part that really, really surprised me was um, I went to a, it was a very small restaurant in uh, Nagoya and the chef was a gentleman. He was, um, he was a Zainichi Kankokujin and he was a very, very entertaining gentleman, just hilarious. (laughs) And it was almost, he would, he sat behind this little bar and there were probably like seven of us in the restaurant and he would, he went to each person and made the food, but there was also like something he, he talked about how he thought about it and what, and he, he told jokes along the thing. It was, it actually, it was a wonderful experience for me being introduced to that high level of culture for the first time, but also seeing the, the mixture as Japan, not only is, unified in food but also the spe- the specificity of just the food in nagoya mm, right so that's that's the thing right and um, we, we say kaiseki but if you go to kyoto um kaiseki is different from kaiseki in tokyo because like for instance mm-hmm. there are about 40 different kyoto specified vegetables yeah. and kaiseki like you said it's all about seasonality and the local mm-hmm. like local sustainable um ingredients so yeah that's right. regionality it's really a big part of japanese cuisine so that's why i think people should get out of tokyo and then try to find new um different fish or vegetables or whatever you find what do you think is a particular hidden gem in japan when it comes to japanese food that most people won't probably think of outside of of course like ramen and sushi mm, that's a big question um well, it's um, like, well, if you go to Izakaya, right, you get to see right. whole bunch of different things and mm-hmm. uh, that you can find at uh, someone's house, you know, table at someone's house. So it's, um, I don't know, it's uh, classic names of dishes like yakiniku, yakitori, Outside sushi and ramen, there are things mm-hmm. you started to see in this United States or in other countries outside Japan. But um, I think the essence of what's not known is the regional cuisine. Even if I travel, like say, right. you, know, you know, just the Japan seaside, which is different from, a, you know, Pacific Ocean. Oh, yeah. And you find something like uh, Nodogoro, which is a very specific fish. Um, only yeah. you know you can already find it on in the Japan seaside. So those things I think is more interesting. And also, if you have miso soup, if you go to yeah. different region. Nagoya has a mami miso, which is bean based. And yes, if you go to so different you know variations. So miso soup can be completely different from the east to west. Those little things, but significant differences. Uh, that we, we really represent the you know cultural um, you know diversity within Japan. I think it's something right. I really want people to experience and see. No, I, I I wholeheartedly agree. I think once you explore a little bit outside of Kanto and you get a little bit outside of like Osaka and Kansai is wonderful. I love the Kansai area particularly. Mm. Um, but once you venture a little bit beyond that and go to 
長野 go to、um, Tohoku, go to Sapporo. When you, get, when you venture into you know,、uh, Hira Takayama or wherever you are and finding you know, the, the, what, are they, what are called the Tokusanhin, the, special, the specialty things in that area, is that's when you kind of get the quintessence、mm. of life in Japan. Right. Yeah. Like, you know, the, when it comes to sake and shochu, if you go to Kyushu, You have plenty of amazing shochu because that's where、oh, yeah. it's produced. And whereas you go to Niigata, they have a different style of sake called the Niigata Tane, which is lighter and a cleaner version of sake versus other regions.、Right. So I think it's really fun to discover the regional diversity in, in Japan. I agree. I, 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 couldn't, I couldn't agree more. I think if I could give any advice to people listening right now, it would be leave. The big city for a second and go have food at a small restaurant on the side of a road、mm. <laughs> in, the middle of the, in the middle of nowhere. And they'll have good food and that's to make sure it's local food or whatever you're looking for. But just even this is the difference in basic ramen from place to place. I'm, I'm not the biggest foodie in the world. My wife is a crazy foodie,、mm. but she's, I mean, just ha- having not only the food, but the experience there is something that you can't replicate.、Mm. Right, indeed. Okay, so one more thing before we jump to. I, I, for people who follow this podcast, I try to do things in kind of two halves one in English half and one in China Japanese half. And、um, before we jump to the Japanese half, I do want to talk about、um, where you're going to be on、uh, Netflix. Oh.、Um, Just for a quick second. Okay. So、uh, there's going to be a、um, um, food competition, like, you know, world famous chefs compete、uh, over 10 episodes. Uh, which is coming out in November. The title is、uh, The Final Table. And、uh, mm-hmm. I'll be a judge on a Jap- Japan episode. So, yeah. So, hopefully,、uh, your listeners can、uh, take a look and enjoy the, the episode. And also, I'm, I'm sure it's a good, really good, great whole 10 episodes would be amazing. So. I, I'm super excited. And, what, and, and I, I, you don't have to give us any spoilers because I know you probably can't give us any spoilers. But、um, I, it's, it's, this, is there anything that they should maybe watch for or maybe pay attention to?、Um, well, I think there are 10 episodes, meaning each episode has a different theme. And、mm-hmm. I mean, like UK or Spain or Brit,、um, you know, Mexico, and Japan is one of them. So,、um, yeah, the Japanese episode features certain cuisine, which I cannot say right now. Right, of course, but, I understand. Yeah, but、uh, you learn、um, the culture, I hope. And I'm sure, I mean, other episodes as well.、So. Mm. That's awesome. And, we, and I will, again, put that down in the show notes down below. As long as that one gets out, I'll make sure to put a post on the website, mongadescency.com,、um, where you can check that out as well, which will be super, super fun. I'm excited. I, I love watching Japanese food being made. And the only thing I like more than that is eating it because I'm really good at eating Japanese food. <laughs> yeah, I don't blame you. <laughs> yeah, so, so the, the show is again called The, the Final Table. So hope、uh, your audience can enjoy it. For sure. Okay. With that, now, if you are a new, new listener to the podcast, I am going to go into full Japanese here. We're going to t- just touch on English at the very, very end to kind of, kind of talk, to summarize what we talked about, give a gaio. But 
Um, if you are a new learner of Japanese, um, don't be afraid of this part of the podcast. Uh, it's, it's a great opportunity to listen and do some practice. If you are wonderful at Japanese and are better than me, which is very, very likely, um, this is a great opportunity to hear a native speaker speak as well as talk on some interesting topics. And if you're somewhere in between where the most of us are, it's great practice to be able to see how sentences kind of form together. So don't be afraid. And if you are afraid, you can skip right till the end and kind of go back from there. But with that, I know, あの、はい、<笑><笑><笑> <笑>ま、大人気がありますね。あの、ガキコさん。ま、でもやっぱりそれだけその日本料理の日本の食文化に関心があるっていうことですよね。そういう仕事をこうもらえたというのは。そうですね。あの、最近最近の記事なんですけ
で昆布、はい、あのド,ライドライドボニーとです yes. でそれはやっぱり合わさるとこうまみは相乗効果そのシナジーがあるので、まあはい、ますますそのうまみが高まってそれでもだしっていうのが和食の基本になってるんですよねうそういう意味ではそのだしを使わない和食の料理っていうのはほとんどないぐらいだし、はい、なのでそういう意味ではそのうまみっていうのは和食のもうファンデーションになってるっていうふうに思っていいと思うんですよね。はい、うんそれでもう一度あのあの特産品の話にも,もに戻るんですけれどもあの東京には昔特産品がありましたね。それでもまだあるだでしょうかあの東京がそれがあるかちょっとわからないですね。うーん、なんでしょうね。<笑><笑>すごいあの東京が日本一体の料理に入ってやるかもしれないですのであの東京の特産品は一体何でしょうかうーんそれはうーん何でしょうねまあでもそういう意味では江戸前寿司江戸前ってその江戸って昔の東京の名前ですよね。そうですね、うんはい、で東京が江戸だった頃に、えーはい、江戸前そのお寿司っていうのは今の握り寿司っていうのは東京で生まれたんですよね。はい、あそうですか握り寿司はそうでした。そうなんですね江戸前っていうのはその前はそのビフォーですよね。うんはい、で東京湾東京ベイのビフォー東京ベイっていうので江戸前。の寿司っていうのはそのそういう、うん、作り方は江戸前っていうんですかその,、うん、その握りはなあの江戸前寿司ですかそう握り寿司イコールイコール江戸前寿司のことですそうなんです初めて聞きました、うん、だから関西ではあの握り寿司って言ったら江戸前っていうのは厳密に言うと間違い、はい、うーん面白いですね、うん、そうですあのやはり、おのののところに,に行くとあの特別特産品と,いうとかあの特別あの解析みた,いみたいな料理があるんですけれどもそういう大きな投資特に東京と大阪特別の料理があるのかあのすごいあの印象がありますねあの日本の基礎にあの設立するしあの海外にも東京に行って日本はどの料理があるのか少し紹介してくれるんですねうんやっぱりそうですねそのさっきも言ったようにその地方の料理って本当に面白いし、はい、その例えば大阪の,そのお好み焼きとか焼きそばとかそのカジュアルなその商人、はい、いわゆるその、はい、まあコマースが発展したときに生まれた一般大衆の、はい、そのジャーナルパブリックのこう生み出した安くて美味しい料理っていうのがやっぱり大阪にはいっぱいありますよね。うん、そうですね、うん。でもそれがあのやはり話が2つあるんですね、こ,こういう話で。あの外国あの日本の,あの外国に向かっている料理,料理と日本の以内に向かっている料理ですね。あのやはり外国人に考え、日本の料理に考えていると、やはり寿司とラーメンについても話し合ったんですけれども、あの日本の以内、特別と決まっている料理もありますね。特例えば、おせちとか。うーん、そうですね。まあ、おせちも海外で作るとすごく高いですよね
。確かにそうですね。うん、もういくつともあるんですよ。なんか十十二ぐらいですね。おせちって。うん、やっぱり。だて巻きとか。ええー、え。そう、全部買うと、なんか二百ぐらい、二百ドルとかになっちゃいますよね。きっと。まあ、でもおせちって、うん、あのリスナーの方ご存知でしょうか。その、えー、お正月の。最初の三日間は、その家庭の主婦。うんハウスワイフがもう何にもしなくていい、はい、料理しなくていいようにお休みできるようにお餅ですねあそうお,そおせちとお餅とお雑煮、はい、だからそのおせちっていうのはこう弁当ボックスみたいなそのお重っていう重ねた弁当ボックスに詰まってますよね,そで,すね、はいはいはい、でそれはその3日間そのしっかり料理があの濃い味付けになってるのでまあ、はいその主婦が、そのハウスワイフが、その3日間、もう、そのお正月3日間をお祝いするだけで、厨房に、キッチンに立たなくてもよくてっていう、そのためのお料理なので、やっぱり、そう、種類も多いし、でも、それ作るのに1週間ぐらいかかるんですよね。全部作る。確かにそうですね。アメリカは在逆ですね。アメリカの感謝祭とか、Thanksgiving に考えてると、かあの家内がよくなんか料理を作ってくれて、にあのにカフあのずっとあの料理したり、ベーキングしたり、そしてあの Thanksgiving のみんなが食べる一緒に、ただ家内が休むだけで。<笑>そう、いいことですよね、それは。<笑>うーんそれであの日,本日本のなんかおせちに考えてるとなんか年越し相場とかあるんですね。うん、そうですね、うんまあ、でもおせちと一緒に、まあ、年越しっていうのはその、はいまあ、日本人にとってお正月そのニューイヤーっていうのは、はい、やっぱりその今年の運命を決めるだからそのラッキーな年にしたければ少しでもこう縁起がいい。縁起がいいそのラッ,キーはい、ラッキーチャームみたいな、そういう。ラッキーチャームみたいな、はい、そうですね。そういう、その料理の中でも、例えば、その、まあ、なんだろう。まあ、その、年越しそばを例にとると、こう、長い、長く伸びますよね。はい、おそばって長いから、長いとする、はい。ロングライフとロングムーロンスっていう、そういう意味を込めて、年越しそばを食べるとか、なんかいろいろ、こう、文化的な意味が一つ一つにあるんですよね。はい、お正月のお料理には。はい、それは本当にあの日本に特別にあるんですね、あのおせちとか、あのそういうあの季節による料理が変わってくるんですね。あのやはりなんか夏の間、夏の間やはりなんかそうめんとか食べれるし、そしてあの冬になって,なってしまうと、あの正月に来るとあのおせちとかそれもあ,るありますし、でも日本が特に特別に季節を気にしていますね。うんそうですね。やっぱりそのアメリカのようにこう消費社会、まあ、コンスーマーサイドってみんな言いますけど、そういうその豊かな、はい、特にその、まあ、はい、ね、第一に、ワールドワー2の後にこう、はい、豊かになったような社会じゃなかったですよね。日本ってその小さいし、そ,、ね、その資源もないし、はい、だから何でも無駄にしなくて、季節のものをこう食べて、で、たくさん取れたものは全部こう加工食品のプロセスフードにして、はい、その漬物ピコスとか、なんかそういうふうにこう、はい、無駄のない、えー、食生活。まあ、つましいってこう、はい、なんかプアって言いますけど、フルーガンな、そういうやっぱり日本の食文化
無駄にしない、何もこう、なぜにそれにしてるっていう、そういう形が、すごく日本の伝統の食生活の中にあると思うんですよね。だから、はいはいうん、それはやっぱり季節のものを食べることによって、その、まあ、生活が成り立っていく、その季節のものへのこう感謝とか、その、まあ、敬意とか、そういう、なんだろう、その、バンティーお姉ちゃんってそういうところにすごくこう価値観を生み出しているのが日本人だと思うんです。はい。うん,、うん。はあ、そうですね。もう<笑>お腹空いてきました。<笑>私も空いてきました。<笑><笑>日本のコンビニコンビニでも結構ですね。今のところで。うん、そうですね。いやでも日本のコンビニ本当にいいですよね。美味しい。うん。でもそ、日本のコンビニって、アメリカのコンビニは全然違うですね。あの、アメリカのコンビニって、ただなんかガスですね。ガスとなんかストラーピーなんかソーダのものを飲めるんですけど、それお酒もあるんですが、日本ではなんか、ベーカリーみたいな,かんな,あなんかお菓子もいっぱいあ,あって、お酒もあるんですけど、何でもコンビニで買えるみたいだ。うんね、そうですね。<笑>びっくりするほど。うん、本当に。あの、質のいいものも売ってるし、例えば、はい、爪切り、その、ネイルクリッパー一つ買っても、すごくいい質のものが安く買えたりとか、はい、うん、コンビニは楽しいですね。<笑>うん、なかなか楽しいですね。うんじゃあ、そろそろ終わらせないといけないですので、あの、最後には、あのもしあのあの、この伊豆に話があったんですけれども、あの間違いの話ですね。はい、あの僕の観客じゃなくて、あの来ていらっしゃる観客になるたい人が多分いるので、あのでも日本の料理でも、日本語のお話でも、ちょっと怖いに考えてしまうかもしれないので、うん、あのこの。ポッドキャストの前に話し,話しあったんですけど、そういう間違いについて、そしてどういう、避ける、避けるというわけないですけどか、そういう間違いに考えていると、どう思いますかうんそ,うそれはですね、あのやっぱり、まあ、特に日本人の人って、あの多分<笑>です、ね、日本人の完璧主義ってあると思うんですよ。私も,もう日本で英語勉,勉強して、はい、で、まあ、試験も一緒に、はいまあ、みんなすごく勉強してるから、本当は話そうと思えば話せると思うんですけど、はい、やっぱり話さない、でそれはまあ多分日本人でもアメリカ人でも何人でも、やっぱりこう間違いは怖いですよね。はい、でも、それ、そういう考え、私はもう全然間違いを恐れないくなったのは、そのまあ、ニューヨークに引っ越してきたときに、はいえーはいまあ、両親とこうコミュニケーションを取るには、ファックスしかなかったんです、はい、その当時。っていうのはうちの両親、メールをやらなかったので、はい、<笑> E メールがなくて、はい、で文章で伝えたいときはファックスしかなかったんですよね。はいうん、で,でその、まあ、電話会社が何かの間違いで、こうそのファックスをの電話を切ってしまったんです。で、はいまあ、私はちょっとこう、まあ、戸惑うは激怒するわで、で、まあ、電話会社にこう、まあ、電話したんですよね。でその時私はもうニューヨークに来たばっかりだったし、はい、その前はその、はいまあ、イギリスに住んでて、その時も多分日本,日,本な日本人のアクセントもあれば、はい、イギリスの英語のアクセントもあって、なんかもう、<笑>もうどうしていいか分からない、でもやっぱりこう必死になると、もう物事をこう伝えてで、決着をつけるっていうことができるようになるんですよね。だから、もう、はい、なせばなるって日本語の,そのフレーズがありますけど、まあ、はい
言葉なんて道具であって、ものが片付けばいい。ゲリッダンでそれができるっていうことに、その経験を通じて学んで、もう間違いは全然恐れていません。うん<笑><笑>そうですね間違いは信仰ということが理解すればするほど自分が信仰ができるということですね。うん、本当にそうですよねでやっぱり間違えるとその人の間違えている気持ちも分かるし人にも優しくなれるしなんかそういう意味でこう、はいまあ、人生豊かになっていくんじゃないかと思いながら間違いを繰り返して、うん、<笑>全然はばからないですけど。はい<笑>自分がパーフェクトにならないから自分ができる限りパーフェクトにしましょう。うん、そうですよね。まあ言葉ってやっぱりただのツールじゃないですか。うん、うん、そうですね。そう。だからただに言うと、もう一人でも多くの人と出会って話をしてコミュニケーションができれば、やっぱりそれだけで十分だと思うんですよね。はい、うん。僕も,僕もそう思います。これをポッドキャスト始めた時も1年前ちょっとでしたが、そういう時にあ、まあ、今までにもまだ日本語流中に話せないんですが、それが自分ができる、自分が日本人と直接話せる、他の外国人どうやって日本語を話せるのか、自分でできるから決まって、それだんだんこれはすごい楽しいな<笑>プロジェクトになりましたね。そうですよねでそして話していくとその日本人が大事にしているもの例えばその日本人って直接に英語みたいにものを言わないですけどでもそれはその相手へのリスペクトとか、はいそ,のそ,うですねうん、そういうことがだんだんその完璧じゃなくてもこう、はい、言葉を交わすことによって伝わってきて、うん、どんどんまた相手のことが分かるようになるだからもう文法とか、はい、その知らない言葉とかっていうのは問題じゃなくてそういうふうにこう伝えようとすると、うんやっぱり本当の意味でコミュニケーションができるようになると思います。はい、そうですね、うん。それはなかなかいい話だけではなくてアドバイスですね。ありがとうございます。<笑>こちらこそありがとうございます。<笑>それでは皆さん、I will have to end, it, end here, but thank you so much for listening. I really enjoyed having Akiko on. She's wonderful, and if you didn't get the whole thing there in Japanese, make sure to go back and go to places. I stuttered during my last question super, super bad, but that's okay because we are all totally down for making mistakes because it's after 10,000 mistakes that you become fluent, whether it's learning another language, whether it's、um, learning about Japanese food culture or making food yourself.、Um, you have to make those mistakes to be able to move forward. With that, though, I will sign off. And、uh, Akiko, I'll give you the last word to everybody here on Manga Sensei. Mm. So, again, language is just a tool. So, then enjoy and、uh, go out and visit Japan and eat Japanese food. Perfect. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and、uh, next time I'm in New York, you have to show me around.、Oh, definitely. Yeah, there are crazy good Japanese restaurants here, too. Plenty of them. So, I look forward to having you here. It'll be fun. I'll be, I'll, I'll, you'll be waiting for me, I hope, at the airport, and we'll just go straight to the restaurant. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> Awesome. All right, Mina-san, I'm going to say, 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 I'm going to